as two people, and you have one person that's going to sing one part and the other that's going to sing uh, the other part, and then all of a sudden that changes. Um, uh, you know, that, that's a challenge, but Valerie does a, a wonderful job, and I know she can do it, but I do appreciate you doing that because that's just completely changed. Yes, thank you. And uh, I, we, we were laughing this morning because uh, we, we introduced, I don't know, you know, that Only King Forever, that's a new song for us. You, you may have heard it before. If you listen to uh, Spirit 105, you've probably heard it. Uh, but it's a, it's a really cool song, but it's very upbeat. And, uh, and of course, when a song is upbeat, Valerie, you're going to put some more energy into it, right? Which is awesome. And, uh, but, but as we were practicing today with Lion and the Lamb, followed by, by that song, um, we, were, we were a little worried that, that you're, whether you're going to have enough energy to go all the way through. So you, you, you did, did great. That is a wonderful song, and I, I really, really like that song. And, and we're, we've got quite a few others that we're going to be uh, rolling out and, and using and, and you know, just finding more ways to how do we express who God is and how do we express that worship to Him. So we're, we're looking forward to some of those new songs. Um, we're going to continue talking a little bit about um, kind of what, what we're trying to accomplish here at Journey, how we're going about trying to make disciples of Christ, right? How, how do we become followers of Jesus? How do we go about living our life in Christ and then making an impact uh, in His kingdom? As we've talked about, we want to keep things simple here. We don't want to make this complicated um, because I really think that the gospel message is a lot more simple than sometimes we make it. We, we love to, to debate and, and uh, argue with theology and things like that, and, but, it, but that's, all, that's all well and good, but it's kind of like, well, how does that apply to our everyday life? And we, we need to really be thinking about that because I believe that God has called each one of us uh, to live our life for Him and to, to make a difference in His kingdom. Uh, you know, we started off by saying a couple weeks ago, uh, looking at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where it talks about taking the, taking the gospel message uh, to Jer- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? So moving out. Well, that's a, that's a big ask, right? You're basically taking a message to the whole world. Well, that's, that's huge. And, and we need to be part of that. But man, if we just kind of look at that big picture, you can just get overwhelmed. And, and not be able to, to function nearly. And so we talked about Acts chapter 2, verse 42, how the, those very same disciples who God had told to do that, the first thing they did is they gathered together and they started to pray together, they started to break bread together, they started to worship together, and they started devoting themselves to learning about Jesus together. And that gave them the ability to then go out and spread the message to the rest of the world. We talked about how uh, last week, how it's so important for us to be evangelists. But yet that word evangelist terrifies us, right? Because many times we have a, a, many times we have a negative impact, uh, perception of evangelists. Uh, you know, because evangelists are in your face. They're right out there. They're very hardcore. You know, they're that person that uh, at the, uh, whenever the waitress comes up, and uh, says, I'd like, what do you want to drink? You respond by, well, do you know Jesus? You know, and most of us are like, man, I can't do that. That's not the type of evangelism that I can do. And while there is a place for that kind of, the, that powerful evangelist, the person that has the gift to do that, I, I think most of us probably don't, right? That's that type of evangelism. And so we, we looked at, uh, and how Paul talked about, you know what? It's okay if you're not that front man, if you will, 
right? But maybe we need to be evangelists by the way that we live our life. Are we living questionable lives? And by that, does it mean are we living the lives where people will question, you know, why do you do that? And then we're just prepared to answer. And that's being an evangelist as well. And, uh, but we have to be intentional about that. Because the danger is that we can just kind of go through life and be good people and love God, but never really be making an impact in His kingdom. You know, we have to be aware when God is opening those doors for us to have that spiritual conversation with someone, to have that conversation that's a real conversation. Um, And so to do that, though, we need to start developing different habits in our life. That, that make it to where our life is about being involved in God's kingdom. So that's what we're going to, to talk about today. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 through 17, or excuse me, 12 through 17. And um, we're, this is right, right before Jesus really starts uh, to go out and preach. Uh, This is on page 677 in your chair Bibles. And again, those Bibles in the chair, those are for you. Uh, If you want to take one home, you certainly can. Um, Or if you know someone who needs them, uh, go ahead and take it with you. But uh, this is is the very beginning of of Jesus' public ministry, of when he's going out and uh, and starting to to preach. And it's it's just very interesting because basically it sums up what the message of Jesus is going to be for the next three years that he's, uh, that he's um, preaching. So Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 12, says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what, uh, what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. All right. I want to look at this just a little bit about what is Jesus saying here? What is he calling us to do? Whenever he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is here. Most of us, and me growing up, I hear that that phrase, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And what I think of is, okay, I've sinned, I've screwed up, and I need to repent from that. So I need to ask for forgiveness. Um, And and all denominations uh, and, and churches kind of that's the practical way we approach that passage is we connect it directly to sin issues, right? So we hear that word repent and we think, oh, I've sinned, I need to repent. Um, You know, uh, within the Catholic church, it's a very formal thing, right? The repentance. You can actually go to the priest and repent. Um, But we all talk about that. You know, in Baptist life, we love the term being saved. Are you saved? Well, in order to get saved, what do you have to do? You have to repent. Um, and, and there's truth in all of that. All right? But is that, is that all Jesus was talking about? Because what this says is that from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
So as the only thing that Jesus was preaching about for the next three years, about how sin is bad, you are bad when you sin, and you need to repent from it. I don't think so. Especially when you look in context even of this passage. Look at uh, uh, in verse 16. It says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Right? Now I want you to just kind of kind of put your mind and, and, and just look at that, what that would look like. I want you to imagine that you're just sitting, um, this is a good one, some of you will really get this one. You, know, you remember the Lion King? And Mufasa, Mufasa and Simba are sitting there and uh, Simba says, well what what uh you know what is our kingdom and mufasa says everywhere the light touches right and the the i can't remember if the sun was coming up or going down or or whatever uh but there's this just imagine being there and it being pitch black and you, and you can kind of just make out shapes right you may be able because of the moonlight you may be able to see that may be a tree over there um you can probably see mountains but you certainly couldn't see a valley you wouldn't be able to see a river, you know, and, but as the sun starts coming up and the light starts spilling across the horizon, then all of a sudden things start to take shape. You start to see things differently. Your perspective changes. Now the world has not changed. That, that view hasn't changed at all, except that light is now entering it. And so you start seeing it differently. See, when we limit that, that, uh, that very powerful verse, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. When we limit that to only talking about sin, we're neglecting the fact that Jesus is coming and giving us a whole new way of looking at life. Does it include dealing with sin? Of course. But he's like, man, you've been looking at life with the moonlight. I'm here, the light is now coming. It's going to change. The, the perspective that you should have it should change. It should be differently, or be different. And, and I, I think that's so important for us to realize, because one of the reasons I believe that Christianity in America has in some ways kind of become stale, um, it's kind of become ritual, right? It's kind of become just a habit, is because what we've done is we've kind of thought about uh, what God has done, we think about religion is just how does it deal with sin? You know, and that's that we've kind of talked about it. Well, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So that means repent of your sin so that you'll be able to live in heaven forever. Okay? That's a good thing. But man, we miss the fact that Jesus was saying, no, I'm also going to give you a new way to look at the world. You know, and, and that word repent is, uh, you know, it, it does mean what, what we've talked about it to mean, but it also means something else. Whenever you actually look at the definition of the word that is used there, that's, it would be in Greek, that's the, the, what it would have been writ, written in, and uh, the word that was used means this, it says, to change one's life based on com- a complete change of attitude and thought concerning sin and righteousness. It's to cause a, a, a change of mind which results in change of lifestyle. Now that's a lot broader than just repentance of sin, isn't it? A whole lot broader. 
It's basically saying, no, I, we need to start looking at life differently, which means we need to look at the way that we relate to God and our relationship with Him differently. And so what was the old way? What was the way that, that they were looking at, at faith and the way that we, if we're not careful, also look at faith? Well, when you think of that uh, verse as repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and you think of it as only talking about repentance of sin, the way that you deal with that is you make a list of rules that tell you what sin is, right? Because you need, you need a way to, to kind of keep score. And that is what we have done many times with our religion. That's what had happened back then to the religion of that day. It was very rule-oriented. I mean, you could tell how good of a uh, Jew you were by basically going through the list and putting check marks. Yes, I don't walk more than 300 steps on the Sabbath. Good Jew. You know, oh, I did too much work on the Sabbath. Bad Jew. You know, that, that's, you could literally do that. And we've done that many times, Right? I mean, how many times have you, uh, growing up, I can remember whenever we talk about a, a, a f- our faith and how it makes a difference with us, we talk about, okay, here are the list of sins. Are you a good Christian or are you a bad Christian? Right? And it's funny because it depends on which denomination. I, I've been part of, uh, I've worked at a Presbyterian church, I've worked at a Baptist church. Right? And so in the Baptist church, whenever I, the, the list would have drink alcohol, you better put no to be a good Christian. In the Presbyterian church, you'd have the same thing, drink alcohol. You, it'd probably behoove you to put yes to be a good Christian. Now everyone's going to leave and go to the Presbyterian church. Right? No, but, but you see what happens with these rules. And, but that's what we do. We like rules. Here's the problem is rules do not develop relationship and they don't develop intimacy and they ultimately don't develop a changed life. Because see, we all naturally want to break rules at some point or the other. Right? I was a very compliant child. Uh, I, was, I was probably very easy, right? I, I, that, that's true. My mom would actually uh, uh, attest to that. So I didn't like not, uh, I didn't like breaking the rules. But even then, there were some of those rules that I'd be like, "Wait, I don't know if I like this one." So I'd get as close as I can, right? And I'm pretty compliant. Then there's people like Tim. Tim, it doesn't exactly. What are rules? Rules are made to be broken. Why do we even have that phrase? Because many of us feel that way, right? It's like, don't give me a rule. You know, that's just, I'm just going to look for a way around it, right? And here's the problem, is that's the way that we have, quote, sold religion, sold the Christian faith. And now most of the rules, if you look at them, are things that we probably should be doing, we should be following. But so what, what we've done many times is we've said, okay, that repent for the kingdom of God is near. All that's talking about is sin. So let's make our list of rules and make sure we do either yes or no, whichever one is appropriate. The problem is, is that as humans, we desire to break rules. And rules are easy to break. 
Now there may be consequences, but just think about it. Think of any law out there. It's easy to break. Right? Now you may not do it because you're scared of the consequences, but it's easy. And so you just have a bad day and you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm driving 90. Doesn't matter. Right? Rules are easy to break. And it's the same way when we apply those to our faith. If our faith is based on rules, we are going to have a stale faith. There's going to be times in our life where we're doing really good and we're able to follow all those rules. Right? But then we're going to be in the midst of a storm and we're like, you know what? We may never acknowledge this, but sometimes we're going to say, you know what? doesn't really seem like God's doing much for me. Why should I do much for Him? It's just following the rules. If He's not going to keep up His end of the bargain, why should I keep up mine? And if you're If your faith is based on following rules, that's going to happen to you. That is not what Jesus was proclaiming. That's what was happening then. And Jesus was saying, I'm coming to shed light and give new perspective on a way of life. To give new perspective on the way that you relate to me. I don't want you to just follow a list of rules. I want it to be a lot more. Now here's the problem is we are horrible at change in a lot of ways, aren't we? And one of the problems is, is, is subtly, and you may, have, uh, you, know, you may have subtly felt this or you may have been said, oh yes, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been following the rules. But for most of us, you probably were raised with an emphasis on following the rules in order to be a good Christian. Most of us were whether we acknowledge it or not, and that kind of becomes our default. right? And that's, that's a dangerous thing. And it's hard to overcome. There's a, a, an example. Uh, a guy was over in India, I believe, and, uh, and he was just walking, uh, walking along and he saw uh, four or five elephants, full-size elephants, and uh, they were just uh, staked to the side of the road. And it was just a little stake and uh, with a rope around their leg. And, uh, and all the elephants were just standing there, not trying to pull. All they had to do was sneeze, and they could have pulled out the, the stake. And the guy was fascinated by this. He was like, how, how can you just have these elephants? You know, and, I mean, why even tie them up? I mean, that does, that's not going to keep them from going anywhere. And so he went up and asked, uh, talked to the trainer, and he said, well, what we do is from the time the, baby, uh, the elephant is a baby, we tie a rope to, to its leg and we tie it to something that it can't move whenever it's a baby. And so that when it's a baby, that elephant will try and won't be able to get away. But pretty soon, the, the baby elephant just gets used to, if that rope is on my leg, I can't do it. And so now the elephant grows up and is huge and massive and strong, but it fills that uh, rope around its leg and just assumes, ah, I can't do anything about it. Man, that's how we are a lot of times with a lot of different things in life. That we were taught things or we believed things that may, may not have been completely accurate and we just get caught into, well, I guess that's the way it is. You know, and, and, uh, and we never try to just pull the leg. You know, all you have to do is pull out the stake and then a, the, a whole new world exists. You know, for that elephant, he could go and run over that trainer who tied him up when he was a a, a baby, right? It would be a whole new way of seeing things. Well, 
For so long we've been told that our Christian faith, our relationship with God is basically based to a list of rules. And the more we do right, the closer to God we are. The more we do wrong, the farther we get away. And what that does is it, it basically keeps us seeing the world uh, in the moonlight, not the sunlight. Jesus is saying, you know what? I want you to develop something different. And what I think Jesus was wanting us to develop, rather than rules, is he was wanting us to develop habits. Habits of ways that we engage in our relationship with him. Now what's the, what's the difference between a rule and a habit? Uh, see, the problem with using the word habit is most of us think of bad habits. Right? Now why are bad habits so devastating? Because they're really hard to quit. <laughs> right? You know, if, if, if you, uh, and Becca is still sucking her thumb, and that's a constant thing. It's a habit. She doesn't even know she's doing it. Right? And that's what habits become. They become one, they're not, or they become very hard to break, where rules are easy to break. Habits are not because you're just unconsciously doing them. It just becomes part of who you are as a person. And it's important to know that you can develop new habits. You have to try, you have to be intentional about it, but you can develop new habits. Now, I would rather develop a new habit about my, how I engaged with Christ and my relationship with Christ than to just say, you know what, I'm just going to tweak the rules a little bit and try to follow them better. No, I, would, I just want it to become natural, a part of who we are, that we just naturally serve God. You know, that, that we're not out there, every decision that we come across and we're not, okay, wait, uh, what would Jesus do? You know, we, we look at our armband and we measure No, it needs to just become who we are. You know, and and I know this is, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I just want a straight answer. Well, the straight answer is don't rely on just following the rules. Start developing habits. That's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is we're going to be giving resources and just some encouragement to you of, hey, here's some habits that you can start getting in. Um, you know, and, and again, this ultimately is all up to you. One thing that churches have done uh, in, the, in the past is that the church has tried to provide everything that you'll need to be a good follower of Christ. Right? And, and so we, we just do program after program after program. You know, we'll, we'll do, here's an evangelistic program to teach you how to evangelize. And, and we get excited for a few weeks and then it's back to the same old way of doing things, right? Now, we're going to be simple. We're going to give you and some, encourage you to develop some habits, but ultimately, it is, it's, it's on you, right? And that, that sounds like, you know, you may say, well, what's your job, pastor? Well, <laughs> to tell you that it's your job, <laughs> right? But that's ultimately what it is. If, if you want to truly have a, a life-changing relationship with Christ, you're going to be the one that needs to to develop the habits that lead to that. And what's great is once you start developing those habits, it just becomes part of who you are. You don't have to think about it anymore. Right? And and uh, what what we're going to start doing is uh and one of the tools that we're going to use is we're going to use our podcast 
Again, go and search Journey Elgin on any podcast player, or you can go to our website, uh, and it'll be at the bottom there. Um, but we're going to have resources that are going to be coming out uh, through that. There's the, the Sunday message will always be there. Um, and one of the habits that we want to develop is just like in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says they gathered together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I, that, that teaching was about Christ. It was about what Christ had did, how Christ had, uh, had, had lived. That's what it was about. They were learning about that so then that they could go and live that way. So every Wednesday, um, I was hoping that it would be this Wednesday. It may or may not be. But, um, but every Wednesday, we're going to have a new episode that comes out that is, de- uh, is designed around looking at the life of Jesus. The way that Jesus interacted with God. The way that he interacted with other people. Um, and it's going to be pretty short. It'll just be a, a conversational style. But it will be something that in the middle of the week that you can listen to and remind yourself, wait, I need to be learning about Jesus on a regular basis. Man, we... <laughs> see, the, the church has always known the importance of habits. Right? The way that it used to be is that the church structured itself to where you would go to Sunday school and then you'd go to church and then you'd go to Sunday night church and then you'd start that, all that would start wearing down so you'd come to Wednesday night church, right? In our culture that is not practical to do anymore. We're not geared that way. Now some people still are and there are some churches that you can do that. That's not going to be who, who we are. But there was a reason for it. Right? It was to develop habits, and that was a good thing. Our culture is changing at just massive warp speed. But that doesn't mean we don't need to do things to develop habits. And so now through, through a podcast, and it doesn't matter if you listen to, to our podcast, you can listen to good pre- preachers on podcasts. <laughs> right? So if you need to do that, do that. But let's start making a habit of, of spending some time in the week just thinking about Jesus, thinking about who he is, because he's called us to live a life for him. And if we want to make an impact in the world around us, we've got to start living a life like him. You know, we talked about uh, last week about living questionable lives. Well, how are we going to live questionable lives if we're not learning about Jesus's life? Jesus lived the ultimate questionable life. It didn't, a lot of the things that Jesus did, people just shook their head at. They said, why do you do that? He got in trouble for healing people on the Sabbath. Why would you care about that person on the Sabbath? Don't you care about your rules more? He got chastised for going and hanging out with the sinners. Why would you go hang out with them? Don't you know you should be following the rules and they're not following it? Why would you associate with them? Jesus lived a questionable life. And don't you know that even his disciples were questioning whenever he said, Jesus, why are you doing this? Don't you know they're going to arrest you? Don't you know they're going to put you on a cross? Jesus said, yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. He lived a questionable life life. You know, whenever we start living questionable lives, 
we start experiencing Christ in a whole new way. You can experience Christ by following the rules, but it's just a very limited amount. When Christ just becomes, starts becoming part of who you are, and you just start developing habits that lead you into his presence each and every day, you start to see the world differently. If, if Molly and I, and we're not perfect, but if we didn't have a habit of trying to, to live our lives in Christ, we'd be, we'd be drowning right now. If we just looked at Christ as someone who we're going to follow the rules because that's the way that we were raised, I would be having a lot of questions about God. God, why are you deciding to take a 37-year-old young mom? Why are we having to deal with this? Why did you take their mom when she was 48? Right? It's wrong. It's not fair. And if our relationship with Christ was strictly based on following the rules that, okay, well, this is what God said, so we're going to do it, I guarantee you I would have kicked that out a long time ago. Because this isn't right. But you know what? That's not who God is to us. See, we're not looking at this situation through moonlight. We're looking at it through the light of Christ. And we know that Christ is going to be redeeming this situation. And we know that there's going to be a miracle. And that miracle is that Molly's sister's going to be in the presence of the Lord. And then we know that on the next day, when life down here is just kind of turned upside down, that God's arms are going to wrap us up, and he's going to comfort us, and he's going to say, you know what? You're going to make it. And this is going to be part of your testimony. And so that when people ask, how are you able to make it? We don't say because we're so strong and we're such great Christians and we follow the rules. It says no, because we were willing to lay in the arms of Christ and he carried us. That kind of a relationship with God doesn't happen by just saying, I'm going to follow the rules. It happens because you invest your life in him. And man, I, we obviously don't ever do anything selfishly, but just selfishly, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want to experience God that way? For too long, we've just experienced God through the lens of following the rules. Man, if we want to make a difference in the kingdom around us, we need to start allowing him to just live within us and through us where we no longer even think about the rules, right? Because we're seeing the world as Christ sees the world. Man, we serve an awesome God. We serve a God who will change your life. He's not... He's not as concerned about your behavior as he is about your perspective. Because when your perspective becomes right, the behavior follows suit. Allow God to just enter into you and change everything about you. But to do that, you've got to start developing the habits. Man, we all had bad habits that we couldn't kick. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a good habit 
that is there with us when we're in the middle of the storm and no matter how much, we, even if we wanted to get rid of it, we couldn't. Right? That's a habit to have. That's a habit that's life changing. I encourage you to allow God to change your life. Allow Him to make you into the person He created you to be. He created you to be in a relationship with Him. He didn't create you to follow the rules. He created you to live for Him. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for just your presence in this place. I thank you for the love that you have for us. I thank you that you are a God who has called us not to just repent of our sin, but that you've called us to start looking at life through your eyes, through different perspective, so that we can experience you in real and powerful ways. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who is with us through the storms. Lord, I pray that we will allow you to mold us into the people you created us to be. Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you for what a great God you are. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet with me?
our God in life. How great is our God in death. How great is our God each and every day. Through the tears, through the laughter, through the joy, through the pain, God is a great God. Allow Him to change your life. Allow Him to make you the person that He created you to be who knows that He's there with you no matter how big the storm may be. Man, when we live that kind of life, we live questionable lives and we can point people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. I hope that you have a wonderful week serving the Lord. Allow God to transform who you are. Have a wonderful week. See you next week.